0: Hi, everybody. I am so excited about today's episode. You do not want to miss it. Dr. Al Dannenberg, who's a periodontist, however, he has quite the journey that he is here to share with you about nutrition, about fighting cancer. How about the fact that last September, this gentleman was in hospice and I am now talking to you nine months later. and. His CAT scan is clear, so we really need to delve deep into what he's doing nutritionally, what was going on with him to begin with, and Dr. Al Dannenberg has been on the podcast circuit, but I think this will be a different interview if you've heard his previous interviews. You definitely don't want to miss this one, and we also delve into plaque and why plaque is actually good for you, plaque on your teeth. So enjoy this incredible episode with Dr. Al Dannenberg. Welcome to The Beats with Kelly Kennedy from our heart to yours. And today I have a most honored and special opportunity to interview Dr. Al Danenberg. And I just became acquainted, honestly, with Dr. Dannenberg a few weeks ago. And we've had many conversations and he is a breath of fresh air for me. Not only is he extremely knowledgeable, he's a periodontist by training. He's a biological periodontist. So that means he works in your mouth essentially. But the conversations we have have gone from A to Z. So we're going to try today to try to keep it to really two things that I want to talk about. One is the incredible opportunity that Dr. Al had just gotten certified through the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine, a certified class in nutrition. Congratulations, Dr. Al, for bringing nutrition.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's about time, don't you think? It's the first certification ever were biological nutritional dental professionals quite i think long long time waiting but finally here
0: it's wonderful and dr Al has a very compelling story as well that we'll try to summarize briefly but the the purpose of this podcast is to teach our listeners how their body really works And number one is what goes in the mouth is how the body really works is really important. Correct?
1: Absolutely.
0: So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved with understanding that approach of the nutrition, if you would.
1: Well, it's a long story. See, so I'm 73 years old. We can go way, way back (laughs) and spend two or three weeks discussing this or um, I'll make it succinct. So, um, I went to dental school i've been in practice for 44 years kind of a long time and i was doing conventional periodontics which is basically treating gum tissue and damage to the bone uh, of the jaw and jaw joint issues and at the age of 59 i had a stroke and i thought i was a healthy guy Um, obviously not i weighed 187 pounds i'm only five foot seven a little chunky maybe ate lots of good carbs, a lot of sugar, um, ran, you know, a mile or two, four or five days a week. And I was kind of like most of my contemporaries. And um, I had a stroke, could have died, but I didn't, by the way. And my uh, physicians, uh, basically conventional physicians, saved my life, put me on seven medicines for the rest of my life. And I asked them, so what the hell caused me to have a stroke? And they said they really didn't know. And I said, what could I do to prevent this from ever occurring? And they said, well, eat a healthier diet and and do some exercise. And I thought I was doing that. So that didn't make sense. And I said, well, when am I gonna get off these medications, these seven medicines? And they said, well, you're gonna to have to take this for the rest of your life. None of this made sense to me. So I did a little uh, investigating unfortunately i went to the organizations that most people would go to like um, the american heart association american cancer society the american uh, diabetes association just to find out diet and lifestyle what what did i do, need to do to become healthy because certainly these three organizations knew everything about health right <laughs> not right so Um, That was sarcasm for those
0: that you didn't recognize it, just so you know.
1: So I followed everything, and let's fast forward from the age of 59 to 66. I lost a few pounds, still on on seven medicines, and at the age of 66, I found a phenomenal course, five-day nutrition course for healthcare professionals at the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health, of all places. (laughs) Went to the course, loved it. Like I said, it was five days, very intensive. And I learned, number one, that almost everything I was doing was wrong. And I learned about primal nutrition and primal lifestyle, which blew me away. And that's when I started understanding really nutrition at the age of 66. So, you know, dogs can learn new tricks. Dogs can learn new tricks. So I went home, and I told my wife, and she and I bumped heads for a little while, and she agreed to give me 30 days to make some changes. So basically I was starting to eat paleo type of a diet, got rid of all the non-paleo foods in the house, took seven bags of groceries to the... um, uh, uh, um, Bank. Yeah, food bank, thank you. Mm -hmm. And um, And then we had no food in the house. So we had to start learning how to shop for organic fruits and vegetables and pastured meat and wild caught fish, but we did. And from the age of 66 to 71, I would have called myself a, the, the senior um, a poster boy for primal health or, or a healthy lifestyle. And I started to incorporate the concepts of what I learned at the age of 66 with my periodontal patients. And they were getting amazingly healthy results if they followed what I suggested. And most of them didn't, but a few were really getting excited about it. So, so within two years from the age of 66 to 68, I lost over 35 pounds without dieting, but when you balance your hormones, your body loses this unhealthy fat.
0: And this is how the body really works. First of all, exactly. it, needs perf- it needs proper nutrition. It needs quality nutrition. It doesn't need to be processed. That's actually against how the body works. Yes. right? And so you went to like primal, meaning instinctual eating, right? Primal.
1: Correct. How- Without, with, yeah, basically paleo, no processed foods, no grains, no legumes, no pasteurized milk, um, no processed sugars no processed vegetable and seed oils, which are highly inflammatory, none of this stuff. But Basically, the pastured and wild-caught animal products, nose to tail, um, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds for the most part. And within two years, I was off all seven medications. So I dropped all this weight, no medications. I was really doing well. And I was writing and lecturing and doing phone, uh, uh, like, um, virtual consults all over the world. And in, uh, well, that's how I started with the nutrition. So
0: so let's just take a pause for a second. Let's just take a pause and get people to understand. Here's a gentleman that was already eating and living a relatively healthy lifestyle. So he thought Then he gets has a stroke and everybody says, we don't know how to prevent it. We don't know how to stop to get another one, but here you're going to take these seven medications for the rest of your life. And he goes, wait. Let me look at all the authorities in America, the cancer society, the diabetes society, whoever it is. And I was looking for it on my phone. I couldn't find it, but just the other day, I thought I took a screenshot. I just typed in how do you boost your immune system? It was the most ridiculous list I've ever seen. Yeah. Like there's just lacking knowledge, right? So that's what he found lacking knowledge. They don't know much. So then he ended at the Kripala center for yoga and health to try to figure out how to eat differently. They gave him a new, a new perspective on
1: food and on health and how the body works. Let let me interject, though, because this is not the philosophy of Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. This is a course, and they have many, many courses with professional experts that they bring in to do this course, and it's not like it's always offered. It was offered. I found it, and it was amazing because, you know, the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health is basically – basically vegan vegetarian
0: right and this was more this about was organ like, meats and fats sure. and absolutely, that kind
1: of stuff. absolutely. Okay. Animal. so
0: then now fast forward it's been five six years you've been doing this diet everything's going well and then
1: so and that's April, how your body
0: really works nutrition wait i'm sorry i had yeah. to interrupt because when you change your diet let's get real he got off of all seven medications
1: Not because I needed them and I wanted to stop them. It's because I didn't need them any longer because I've healed my body to the point where it was functioning as it should.
0: And he did not be, he was not able to get that from the Western medical allopathic community. He did that upon his own research and now he's here to help others. Not this podcast, but he continues to do telemedicine and helps people and we'll continue to talk about that. But this is how the body really works. It doesn't have a, uh, deficiency in seven medications and there are ways that he changed his internal environment he changed how his body what it was because you're only what you eat and he changed what he was eating and he changed his lifestyle and he was able to get off those seven medications yet his story is is still not over you think that's good wait till you hear this part okay
1: so there's some yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> the ball will drop soon. So, yes. so April 2018, I'm, I'm speaking all over the country. So I'm speaking at the Paleo FX meeting in Austin, Texas. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I have to t- travel through Atlanta Airport. So I go to Atlanta, get my connection. But between one flight and the other, I walk concourse to concourse, generally with my bag that I carry on my shoulder. And as I walked through, my shoulder was really getting sore very unusual, but it did. I went to Austin, did my speech, came back to Charleston, and my shoulder was still sore. I, I knew that I pulled a muscle or a tour of ligament or whatever. It's kind of bizarre, but it was there. Then it kind of transferred to my back and then moved around to my front sternum area, and I'm a little pig-headed, and so I didn't do anything about it other than complain um, to my wife. Oh, the
0: male species. Yeah, I love I the male
1: species yeah, just like, so very much. Just like, you know, in a car and you, <laughs> you don't want to get directions or look at a map. You know everything, right?
0: And he's so a doctor, I mean. <laughs> so that goes to boot, right? He's always a tough patient when they're doctors. Oh, God. Love so you, love you, love you.
1: It's terrible. So, but anyhow, so... Um, I finally see my physician, who's a friend of mine I've been seeing for 35 years. And um, I see him in August of 2018. And he looks at me, he says, yeah, you're sore, what's going on? I said, I had no idea. So he said, let's do some blood work, he did that. He also did a CRP, which is C-reactive protein, looks for inflammation. And um, it comes back, everything is normal, except the CRP is a little abnormal, which is not usual for me. And he says, let's do an MRI, figure out what's going on. We do an MRI and he calls me when it's done and he asks me on the phone, do you want to come into the office or do you want to talk on the phone? I said, just, you know, how bad could it be? Just tell me what's, what's up. And he starts to kind of joke around and he said, did you fall down some steps? Did somebody beat you up? And I said, of course not. What, what are you talking about, Bobby? And, and, and he said, um, I see on this MRI a soft tissue mass on the side of your spine about two centimeters in diameter, two broken ribs, one vertebral compression fracture, and a hairline crack of your pelvis. I said, what? And he says in a very serious tone, I would be very concerned if I were you. Basically, I think you have either lymphoma, leukemia, or multiple myeloma. Now wait a minute, I have coined myself the senior poster boy for healthy living and I am diagnosed with cancer and I've been eating unbelievably well since I was 66 and now I'm 71. How could that be? I'll tell you how that could be later on because I know how that happened. But we get in a college, bring in on an an, an, an An oncologist oncologist. thank you it's hard for him to say because
0: nobody wants to see the (laughs) oncologist
1: so he does a bunch of other tests including a pet scan which is a test that injects some radioactive glucose to kind of light up where the cancer cells are and a biopsy of that soft tissue mass a bunch of other chemistries and blood work and he and i uh, meet for the first time with my wife and two adult children and he basically says I have IgA kappa light chain multiple myeloma, long term, for a bone marrow cancer, which is number one, incurable, and number two, I will die in three to six months if I do nothing.
0: This was April of
1: 2018. Well, this is August. Uh, oh, this August, is, I'm sorry. Yeah, August of Yeah, yeah so, so the diagnosis is right in the middle August. of September September okay. of 2018. September 18 and so what he he says what you need to do is we'll start you right away we'll get it set up for tomorrow we're going to do a a a cocktail of chemotherapy drugs maybe we'll do radiation on your chest because of so much pain because i couldn't even breathe and uh, stem cell therapy wasn't really indicated for me and i said well wait a minute you said that this is incurable he said well what will happen is these chemotherapy drugs will put you in remission and you'll be good for a few years probably, and the disease will come back, and then we'll need a new set of chemotherapy drugs, but the previous work anymore because it would be more advanced, it would need to be more caustic, and then eventually none of the chemotherapy drugs would work, and eventually I would die from multiple myeloma, but I would have longevity. That didn't mean anything to me, longevity, because All along, the quality of my my life would be declining. I see how cancer patients look when I go to the cancer clinic. So
0: I might live longer, but I'm not going to have any quality of life.
1: Well, it's going to decrease, and it's going to get worse and worse. And so I'm thinking, why would I put so many archaic chemicals in my body that would destroy my immune system it's already weakened, destroy my immune system and maybe have it rebuilt artificially, just didn't make sense to me. And there was no medical sense in, my, in that scenario at all. So I rejected chemotherapy and I explained to him I would do ke- radiation therapy because I couldn't breathe, it was so painful in my chest. So that took care of the pain. Didn't care, take care of the disease, just the pain. And then um, I investigated a variety of potentially uh, unconventional cancer protocols and i came up with a few and i started them and i I, to make this story a little shorter basically i did these protocols that i created myself with a little help from some of my integrative friends and in essence i never got worse but i never got really any better so there was no remission one of the biggest problems with my disease is that it literally eats away my bone. So my bone is extremely uh, fragile, lots of lytic lesions, just like a, severe, a patient with severe osteoporosis, lots of, lots of holes throughout my bone, and my bone, my skeleton can't support my weight. So in essence, I would, it would be easy for me to break a bone and these are called pathological fractures, and I had a few along the way, but still relatively good quality of life. The progression of the disease wasn't happening, but there was no remission. So let's fast forward to maybe August of 2019. It's about a year after my diagnosis. I've lived longer than my prognosis, and I'm standing in my bathroom brushing my teeth, which I know how to do very well, by the way. And I'm brushing and cleaning my teeth. My feet are planted on the floor and I go to twist to the left, maybe 90 degrees to throw my dental floss in the trash can. Now I know that my skeleton is brittle, but I don't know what that really means. So I twist to the left and my right femur snaps in half. I crash to the floor
0: and the femur is the strongest bone in the entire body can take up to 2,000 pounds of weight on it, and yet he just turned. And that's how fragile his bones were, for yeah, everybody to understand. snapped
1: like a toothpick. I collapsed to the floor instantaneously. Obviously, if you are standing on two legs and all of a sudden you only have yeah. one leg, your balance is off. You fall to the floor. I fell to the floor, broke two ribs, and broke my right humerus completely in half. Upper arm. Right. So I am literally laying on the floor. I can't really move. I'm in more pain than you can imagine. Whatever you can imagine, just multiply by 10. And I'm screaming. So my wife runs in. She's an RN, but that doesn't really mean anything. Obviously, it's emotionally draining for both of us. She calls EMS. They have a hard time negotiating to get into the bathroom. I can't move. Their cart can't, I mean, their gurney can't really fit through the doorways so they eventually get me out on a gurney get me to the hospital and I'm ready to die and I want to die I know that I I've outlived my prognosis I knew that I was doing amazingly well until now and I'm thinking there is no way for me to regain my quality of life with my entire right body for the most part crushed so when I get to the hospital, they fix my right leg because if they didn't, the femoral artery would have been torn and I would have bled to death. So they had to do that. They don't fix my arm. I reject everything else they want to do for me. And they send me to hospice hospital to die. And that's where I went. And this is now the beginning of September, 2019. And the fall, there's- Right, the fall of 19, right? Yes, in September. Okay, okay. Um, And and literally a year after my diagnosis and um, there's a hurricane coming to Charleston and it is one mile an hour moving moving at one mile an hour but the winds are 187 miles an hour and the hospital is ordered to evacuate and they don't have a place to send me and my wife scrambles to get a hospital bed in our house and they send me to my home but I'm still under hospice and uh, The hurricane comes, the power goes out, by the way, hospital beds are electric, they won't move, I can't move, it's hot, it's 90 degrees outside, it's sticky, I'm miserable, I have a catheter in, I can't Uh. go to the bathroom, I need a, a bedpan, I demoralized. It is awful, and I really wished I died. So the hurricane leaves, the power comes on, my wife, who is quite an amazing person, kinda gives me some tough love, and she kinda says, you know, you're not a victim, you're a survivor. Look how well you did for the first year with your protocols, and now you had this accident, but are you giving up? You know, get your head together. So she kinda forced me to get started with my new protocol, my protocols that I was on. She brought a full-time nurse in to help me do what I had to do, because I couldn't do anything on my own and a physical therapist helped me move a little bit. Well then I rallied, amazingly rallied, and went back to my protocols. I was able to get all in a walker, get that catheter out uh, after 30 days, that's forever. And then I started walking with a, a later outside and, and I was doing quite well. The uh, October, I saw my oncologist and, he was quite impressed. And he's talking to me about things. And he said that there's some new immunotherapy drugs that were just approved by the FDA for my particular disease, my particular malignant plasma cells. So we start those. And I incorporate that with my unconventional protocols. And I'm doing quite well. So fast forward to May of 2020. And he says to me, uh, let's get a new PET scan, see where these cancer cells are in your body. So, I had the original one when, my, was, when I was diagnosed. I had one around June of 2019 just to check and see where they were, and they were still everywhere. So, I had this new PET scan May 8, 2020. And that night, my oncologist calls me at home and <laughs> he says, Get your wife on the phone, speakerphone. And he reads the report which says from the radiologist that there are no visible active cancer cells throughout my entire body. Wait a second. And I ask him, George, just read that again. Read that one more time. Because I have a disease that is incurable. I should have been dead. At least there should be all these cancer cells that are playing games and there are none on the PET scan. now in reality, the PET scan doesn't tell everything. There are some malignant remnants still in my body. I am not in remission. I certainly am not cured, but I feel phenomenal. I have lots of energy. I do what I do. Do you think I look like a guy that is on his deathbed, which I was? So um, mentally, nutrition your brain, is, your every- brain, is,
0: your brain is, a, is amazing. You know, I talk to a lot of people and you remember everything that we've talked about. You you remember times better than I do. You Your your memory is stellar, like stellar. Well,
1: thank you. For anybody, you. not
0: for just a 72 or 73. Like, I, I need people to understand that because, you know, I mean, if you're hospice and you're feeling horrible and you're hot and you, you can't move and mu- – 99.9% of people would have given up. And God bless your wife. I can't wait to meet her to spark you and get you to say, hey, you were doing it. You were on the path. You had a setback. So you give up, yeah. you know, and so, that's great. So, and she's so got here.
1: But the reality is I have setbacks, um, sure. emotional setbacks. I go into some severe states of depression, but very rare. And I do. I really fa- fall down this abyss. And my wife is there to help me. But, you know, she has issues too. We, we support one another. But she's strong when I need her to be strong. And she does quite a phenomenal job. And, you know, mental attitude is everything too. I mean, if you're looking at the medical science, stress, emotional stress can totally damage your gut microbiome and your, the epithelial barrier of your gut. And you could have everything else correct except the emotional stress that's not under control so stress is a a big factor it's not an easy thing for me to control but stress is a big factor but sleep is important exercise is important all the toxic issues in our environment need to be at least addressed and avoided if possible
0: for the stress element just saying dr l that i'm going to be in charleston just in a week or so and i'm going to do a sound of soul with you and that's going to help you tremendously and your wife because that's where the heart rate variability gets convert Your own heart rate variability gets yes. converted into the light and music. Yeah. It gets converted into light and music back to you.
1: So it's I do some therapy that is kind of sim- not the same, but the, yeah. the purpose is to put me in a parasympathetic state, which right. is false electromagnetic field therapy with um, the proper harmonic. harmonic, um, harmonic frequencies. Harmonic. But right. basically, that, that therapy, and that's part of my protocol. So I have a variety of protocols, not a whole lot, but a variety that makes sense to me and I think has created um, a passion for what I'm doing now, and that is trying to put the word out to people. But also, um, I have influence in a very positive way my immune system. So. My immune system, theoretically, should be shot because I have a disease of plasma cells. That's what makes um, antibodies, and antibodies are required to fight infection. If you don't have the antibodies, you're going to die. That's why COVID patients have so many problems if they have comorbidities because their immune system is shot. They can't fight any other uh, invader, especially an aggressive invader. So uh, I know that my immune system is pretty pretty good compared to what it should be, because a month or two before the COVID thing in Charleston, my oncologist and his uh, um, assistant had a severe case of the flu, They were, and I had to see them. And they had a mask on, they, were, they had red eyes, they were sneezing, they were drooling. I mean, half of the staff in the hospital had the flu. By the way, the staff in the hospital and all the doctors are required to take the flu shot. That gives you an idea of what's going on with the flu shot. So. Um, I am thinking, although they have masks, I'm in this small room with them and who knows what's going on as I walk in and out of the cancer clinic, I'm thinking I'm going to come down with something and I'm really upset about it. And this is before COVID. I didn't even know that COVID was a problem yet.
0: Right. And
1: I didn't have a sniffle. Now I can only tell you everything I'm doing is supporting eventually my immune system. So even though I have a malignancy of plasma cells, something is working right. That's my. I mean,
0: that there are no words after that story, right? I mean, this is a man who is in hospice, and now if it wasn't for his diligence, we wouldn't have the first nutritional class in dentistry in the world. Like that—that's what you've been able to accomplish as part of your legacy. Only part of your legacy, Dr. Al but this is important for people to realize. And I know Dr. Porcelli, when he and I were speaking, one of the things that you guys had gotten together about years ago was that you both realized that a lot of the clients that were coming to see you for the periodontics, for the cosmetic dentistry or remediation, they had a litany of issues. And, and like what one of the other dentists talked to me about was that he just looked at all the patients going, there's got to be something else going on for these patients. Why are all the patients coming to us really sick and have all this dentistry? There's got to be a link, right? And I think that's something that so many people don't look at, you know, and we really want to be clear that how your body really works is there's a connection between your mouth, your gut, and your brain. And the microbiome in your mouth, the microbiome in your gut affects your entire nervous system and affects every aspect of your body. And from a dental perspective, I mean, Okay, I just have to say it. You gotta talk about plaque for five minutes. I know it's a total tangent. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So that, but now well, you understand have, why we need to have Dr. Al on like seven podcasts, you guys, because
1: but, that but story I have to alone t-
0: isn't sorry. Go ahead.
1: But I have to tell you where disease starts, and it's not in the mouth, it's in the in the gut. In the gut. And we can talk about the changes in the gut that eventually affects the immune system, that affect eventually pours into the bloodstream, creating metabolic endotoxemia and chronic systemic inflammation that eventually migrates to every organ system in the body. And by the way, the mouth is one of them. So the mouth is made up of as many as maybe 700 species of microbes. Um, Any individual may only have one or 200, but it could be up to 700 or so that have been identified in the mouth. And they are in a state of homeostasis. They're in very happy times. It's a beautiful garden of bacteria. And the dental plaque, which is a biological biofilm in the human body around the gum and tooth margin, the dental plaque is healthy. Pause.
0: Healthy until?
1: It's not healthy. And why would that be? Number one... The dental plaque is healthy because it serves a biological process. Somebody smarter than me created all of us that works in an amazingly beautiful story like a machine that is just purring um, for years and years and years. That biological dental plaque does three things. It is the gatekeeper To minerals from the saliva to get on the root surface of the teeth to literally remineralize it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It also harbors this beautiful garden of bacteria. Each one of the bacterium may be very virulent in its own right if it were to overgrow, but they are all in a state of balance, meaning that the bad guys are being brought under control by other good guys. And if the bad guys left, the good guys could become the bad guys. So all of these guys of bacteria, gals and guys, all of these bacteria produce a a, a, a substance of uh, a type of hydrogen peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide is extremely um, killing for other pathogenic bacteria. So it's like an antimicrobial of its own. So when other pathogens in the mouth want to get into the gum tooth surface, these bacteria producing this hydrogen peroxide literally kill them in their tracks. So they can't get through. And then the third thing that the dental plaque does is that it is made up of a variety of buffers, chemical buffers, that maintains an acid level that doesn't allow the tooth root to decay. if. If, if the dental plaque was not there, decay could easily occur, especially if you're eating a lot of um, acid foods for a long time. The dental plaque has three purposes, like I said. It's amazing. The problem so, is...
0: So just so everybody... So microbes, once again, are bugs, right? But we right. have microbes in our body all the time.
1: Right? As a matter of fact, we more have more 38 trillion microbes bugs. in our body, b- bugs, but and we bug- are only made up of 30 trillion human cells. So we are more buggy than human.
0: Thank you for saying that. And thats that was my point. So I think a lot of people go, microbes are bad. And people have this concept that there's good bacteria and bad bacteria. But just like you said, there's not good plaque or bad plaque. It's just. Be, the bacteria behaving bad or the, black, the plaque is behaving bad, given the environment that's allowing it to be healthy or not, because your body is its own ecosystem. It has all sorts right. of stuff going on all the time. And so it's the plaque does three things. One, it helps with mineral absorption from the saliva. Number two, it harbors, it's, it's a safe haven for the balancing bacteria to allow your body to have that proper microbiome, and number three, it acts as a buffer, the plaque does, so that you have the proper acidic um, environment in the mouth so that pathogenic bugs cannot take hold, correct?
1: Correct. And and it stays that way unless something causes it to overgrow with pathogenic bacteria. And the thing that will make it overgrow is the immune system weakening because of damage in the gut called dysbiosis and damage in the bloodstream because of this endotoxemia that leaks in with certain substances called lipopolysaccharides that are extremely toxic to the body? And these are the cell walls of some bad bacteria that leak out of the gut because the epithelial barrier of the gut is breaking down. It is a constant struggle for the immune system to fight this. And it can't do a good job because it's always on alert and always fighting. And because of that weakening in the immune system, the bacteria in the mouth can easily get out of control, especially if now you're eating these foods like sugars that are feeding this unhealthy bacteria. So it's almost like somebody's trying to put out the fire in your house but another person is pouring gasoline on the fire it can't work you have to not only give the right nutrients put the fire out in the gut and then make get everything healthy once the infection starts in the gum and there's bleeding and by the way there was a study that showed that 92 percent of u.s adults have some form of gum inflammation which is called gingivitis, not uh, bleeding gums like it's pouring out of your gum tissue, but bleeding a little pink on a toothbrush or dental floss. You know, if you're you're a man and shaving and you're using a mirror and a woman putting on her makeup using a mirror, and all of a sudden you see a drop of blood drop out of your ear, would you be concerned? Yes. But but why are we not concerned when we see a little bleeding in our mouth? You go to the dentist and the hygienist cleans your teeth and you say to the hygienist, how are my gums? Because they feel great to me. And the hygienist says, they look terrific. There's just a little bleeding in this lower molar area. A little bleeding? How pregnant do you want to be? Bleeding is bleeding and it should never bleed. When you brush your nails under the cuticles because you have dirt and you're scrubbing your nails, do you ever, think that you should see a drop of blood come out of that area. And so
0: Definitely. what does that indicate? I, I I, mean, this is great information. People are just, I know, I hear all their little brain cells popping up and going, oh my gosh, plaque is good. Oh my gosh, my gums bleed all the time when I floss, when I brush. every. So what does that indicate? Well, first if of they all, have it, bleeding
1: it indicates, number one, dysbiosis in the gut.
0: So Nine, improper bacteria, that's what dysbiosis is. Improper, improper yes, bacteria a, a, in the gut. A, an balance.
1: overgrowth of the of the really bad guys. The bad guys are not bad in their state of balance, but now they are overgrowing and they are very bad. And that very bad bacteria in the gut changed the bacteria in the mouth to become very bad. And now that dental plaque is no longer healthy. It is very unhealthy and it's causing inflammation and infection under the gum. And what's even worse in your gut is leak. The bad bacteria in your gut is leaking into your bloodstream called a leaky gut Now the bad bacteria in your mouth that got under the gum and broken it's broken down all this good plaque and it's going into your bloodstream, now you have a leaky periodontal pocket, but not just in the the blood system, not just capillaries. That bad bacteria and all of this infectious products and and inflammatory products get into the lymph that eventually gets into the circulation. People don't even think about that, it also gets along the nerve sheaths, the myelin sheaths of nerves, travels through all kinds of bone structure. Um, And some of these very, very virulent bacteria in the mouth can embed themselves in epithelial cells and blood cells. They can become dormant and literally move through other parts of the body undetected and then regrow in other areas. This is a very virulent type of problem. And we We can develop serious disease from gum infection, but it didn't start in the mouth, it started in the the gut. At least, I would say, 95 to 98 percent of the time. And there's improper
0: foods, acidic foods, too much of one type of food, protein, or whatever, or excess of.
1: But any stressors, so emotional stress, dirty electromagnetic fields, um, improper sleep habits over-exercise creating oxidative stress, under-exercising. There are so many factors, over-the-counter medications. Um, I'll give you another example in a dental office. Bleaching trays that are used overnight on an everyday basis, because some people think chalky white is pretty, those bleaching trays, which have excessively high hydrogen peroxide, have been shown in a study that was published maybe five years ago, they can leak under the gum tissue, get into the bloodstream, or they can be swallowed to get into the gut, and it will create oxidative stress similar to the levels of a person that had a heart attack. So what what I'm saying is there are a lot of stressors we don't know about, but we can certainly do a little research and get out of our life or or reduce the levels of that. Certain things we can absolutely eliminate some certain things you know you have to pick your battles some things you just can't but i will tell you if you reduce the load the stress load your body can do quite a bit on its own your body can detoxify mercury if you're not loading it up with all other stressors and and and, and inactivating your detoxification system
0: and the lymphatic piece that you brought to your everybody's attention. Dr. Al has no idea, y'all, that I'm a lymphologist, that I'm a lymphomaniac, and that primarily what we do- Well, you tell me, was I right or
1: wrong? You're totally
0: right. And right down to the nerve sheath. When you talk about the myelin sheath, there are nerve cells inside the nerves. So when people have nervous system disorders and so forth, I sit there and go, well, your lymph is toxic. And so we need to drain out your toxic load and let the body." move that through because i know we talk about the the gut being the immune system but i would also like to bring everybody's attention to 80% of your lymphatics are also in your gut and Absolutely. i would, i would guess i would i would uh, be the one that says well i would i'd like to say that more your lymphatic area is your immune system that plays with your gut quite a bit but Everything we're, for and and, day.
1: <laughs> and the microbes also. So the microbes really sense the invaders, and because they're talking, we're talking about 38 trillion microbes, and, and only 100 or 200,000 cells that are a part of the lymph, the um, immune system. So they are actually telling the immune system cells what's going on, in in chemical and frequency manners that are un realized by us even maybe sound waves which are kind of exciting and you know it's bizarre when you start to think of the potential possibilities but the communication is broad and instantaneous and And frequency
0: it's all about frequency we are electrical
1: beings
0: exactly
1: and the story we need minerals
0: we need minerals and we need to conduct our electricity and we need to move yes i mean dr Dr. Al, he keeps saying not to be so formal because he is, you're just a wealth of knowledge and we need to have you back. But I do want people to be able to access you and access your protocols because I know I'm going to get a lot of questions about that. So let's just give them access to you. So it's Dr. Al, I'm sorry, it's Dr. Dannenberg.com or Dr. Al
1: Dannenberg.com. No, just Dr. Danenberg.com.
0: Dr. Dannenberg. Uh, so it would be
1: Al at Dr. And so that you works. can
0: email him we'll put that yep. at the bottom of this podcast you can email him your questions he does do virtual consults as well yep. and uh so he can act, so you can access him for where from wherever you are in the world and if you are a practitioner or late can lay people take your new course
1: so it's not my i wrote the well, course but it's being sponsored through. by the iabdm so right. you would have to go through the iabdm and apply uh, I, I, I'm thinking that you have to become a member of the IABDM. I'm not sure the requirements to become a member, but it is designed for, because it's based on dentistry and, and nutrition. Uh, I also talk about things in the mouth in, in that course. So um, it is designed for dentists, dental hygienists, and all dental staff. So it is designed for a lay type person in the healthcare profession.
0: And so if you or you know somebody that's interested, please access that information or, or reach out to us. And you're also on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn,
1: yes. correct? Yes.
0: So he's full of information. He's doing, he's on the podcast circuit, folks. Are he you trying to tell
1: everybody that I'm full of Podcasts everywhere.
0: No, you're you're full of information. You're full of, okay. you're thriving, <laughs> you know? It's like I am. When, when you tell your story, I you know, my father had cancer seven times, and this is near and dear to my heart. He had Hodgkin's disease. And one of the reasons I got involved in this whole world was because I wanted to find a solution to how I never got cancer in all honesty. And I wanted to find how I could prevent cancer. And much like you with a stroke, he ended up having a couple strokes at the end of his life and dying. And nobody could tell me how to prevent living that same lifestyle. It was never nutritionally based though. Every time I tried to get him to change his diet, they told me I was crazy and he never really ate a good, well, he never ate a good diet at all, now that I know what I know, and he ate a very limited diet, right? So I started changing my nutrition. I got into a car accident. My whole story changed, but I still come from the perspective that when I got introduced to European biological medicine, I started to understand how my body really works, and this is something that plagues America. They don't know how their body really works, and they think that it's too Too much for them to understand that they have to leave it up to their doctor or their dentist to understand. And I know I've had clients that sit in front of me and I'm like, do you have any fillings? Do you have any root canals? They don't know. And how are people working in your mouth and you don't know what they're leaving you with? And it's time for us to wake up. And your immune system really could be from your head to your toes because it's one ecosystem that's here to help you survive. That's what your immune system is. It's can I survive? That's the immune system. It's working in conjunction to live. And every part of it from your gut to your lymph to your nutrition is a huge piece of it. And that's what Dr. Al is here to educate you all that there are other ways to manage it. And you've got to be your own champion. You've got to be your own, your own, uh, pick yourself up by your bootstraps or have a great wife if that can do that for you, a great spouse. But I love what you said too about the emotional components, because one of my overriding themes with this podcast is yes. I want people to know how their body works, but I want them to understand when their heart's in the right place and when they come from love and when they come from passion and, and learning how to be better with themselves and be alone with themselves, then they're going to be better with every other person. And a lot of the healing will happen right then and there.
1: Certainly, Uh, you know, that leads into meditation and spiritual beliefs, um, not necessarily religious, but the, the soul and the, and the energy of the soul and, and what it is doing in our physical body. Um, and I totally believe in that stuff.
0: And that's why I want to gift you a sound of soul because you've been such a gift to this world and we want to make sure we get your resonance proper so you can be here for another 30 years, keep educating you as long as you're living that amazing quality of life that you're continuing to live.
1: I love you, thank you, that's so sweet.
0: Thank you. I look forward to seeing you in Charleston. Okay. Thank you all. And make sure to hit the subscribe button, hit the notification button so you know when we're here. And thank you for joining us for our podcast. Make sure to share with your friends. And thank you so much, Dr. Al. We will see you soon back here on the Beats with Kelly Kennedy. Have a great day, everybody.
1: My pleasure. Thanks.